All right. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 16. And love having the kids in here. And so just don't worry, parents. I'm, uh, and I want your kids to behave too. But if they don't, it doesn't mess up my sermon because I, I raised three kids. I get it. So here we go, you know. But they're going to get something good out of this too. Hey, I'm preaching on Jezebel today. Whoa, man. <laughs> you hear that? You're like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Like, what's he going to say? I'm kind of curious about what I'm going to say too. I mean, I do have, you know, six pages of notes, but who knows what's going to come out when you guys are in front of me. It's like, I write this stuff down and then different stuff comes out. So here we go. So we'll talk about that in a second, but we're going to just open the scripture today that gives us a little context for, for who Jezebel is. And what we're going to talk about today is manipulation. So this is not like some kind of historical biography. This is something that's going to get into your life. And, and there's a manipulator near you and around you, not maybe physically, but metaphorically, but there's a manipulator within you. And that's what I hope the Holy Spirit helps us see today. First Kings chapter 16. And after we read this, um, if, if you choose to uh, thank the Lord, after I present it as a word of the Lord, you can say, thanks be to God. Ahab, son of Omri, became king over Israel in the 38th year of Judah's king Asa. Ahab, son of Omri, reigned over Israel and Samaria 22 years. But Ahab, son of Omri, did what was evil in the Lord's sight more than all who were before him. Then, as if following the sin of Jeroboam, son of Nebet, were not enough, he married Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbel, king of the Sidonians, and then proceeded to serve Baal and bow and worship to him. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, growing up, um, you know, you would hear people kind of insult from a biblical standpoint. They would call a person a gossip, a busybody. They would call, you know, somebody uh, uncouth and Maybe those are like spiritual ways to take words from the Bible to cut somebody down. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying that would happen. But there was an occasion, and sometimes it was in conversation, or sometimes it was in a prayer meeting when, when things were really revved up. This is what I remember. And someone would say, and Lord, we pray against the spirit of Jezebel. And when I heard that, I, I just thought, man, that feels really, really deep, man. That feels really, really bad. That feels really, really heavy. And in fact, uh, one of our staff members, when they saw the email I sent out on Friday, which I was, first of all, shocked that the staff actually read the email because they're the last people to actually read the email. But one of the staff members said, oh, hey, I want, I want to, this Jezebel, I'm, I'm ready to hear what's going on here. So there's just something about the name Jezebel that just, you know, it just feels heavy and it feels serious and it feels bad because it is. Um, so we, we, we can like spiritually cut people down by calling them a Jezebel. And especially, um, I, I think a lot of men have used this, you know, to cut women down and, and to try to put women in their place and say, well, you know, they have the Jezebel spirit. Well, what I'm going to talk about today, you know, the Jezebel spirit is attached to immorality. We're not going to really get into that today. And, and that's in Revelation chapter two. We're going to get into um, the characteristic of manipulation. And manipulation is, we can look at Jezebel 
and we could even say this Jezebel spirit is a spirit of manipulation. And from my experience, I've seen the spirit of Jezebel more in men than in women. So if you thought, well, this is gonna be some kind of sermon that's gonna cut down the ladies, wrong again. This message is for all of us because immediately when we begin to discover the spirit of Jezebel or manipulation, we naturally go, okay, I can think of she has it, he has it, they have it. I remember that. That's just, I mean, that's just going to be so easy today. You're going you're gonna to immediately think of someone you know. But what I want you to also do, or actually more importantly, is to look at the spirit of Jezebel in you. Because I began, as I even prepared for this message, the Holy Spirit started reminding me of some subtle manipulation I have in my life. And it was good for me this week, and I think it'll be good for you too. So manipulation happens everywhere. It can be, sometimes be out of a good motivation, but people don't even realize that a good motivation is causing them to manipulate. Uh, it's trying to control what is not your responsibility. I wanna say that again. Manipulation is trying to control what is not your responsibility. So as a parent, I rightfully and admit, admit, I admittedly manipulate sometimes because I'm responsible for my kids, my, my, my minors at least it is. But you, you, that's tongue in cheek, you understand what I'm trying to say there. But we, when we manipulate in its worst form, we're taking responsibility for something that or we're trying to control something that is not our responsibility. We try to get ahead of the process. A lot of times in manipulation, we say, I see the process and the process is not the process I would choose, not that I would prefer and not what I wanna wait for. I'm not trying to get preachy, I'm just trying to get louder than the metal roof right now. In fact, I said I was gonna just chill out and talk today, but the rain came, so my preaching voice is back. So, so we, we try to get ahead of the process and, and create shortcuts, and that becomes a form of manipulation. It's playing God, saying, we're going to control the situation. We're not going to trust the sovereignty of God, and we're not going to trust the process or trust the timing of God. We're going to push this through. We're going to make this happen. And sometimes manipulation gets initial results but it causes long-term damage. It happens in marriages. It happens in families. It happens in friend groups. It happens in businesses. The, the spirit of Jezebel is always in, in business because there's such a battle for power and battle for assets and resources. And yes, it thrives in churches. That's why this is a good preventative message for us to understand. Let's not operate in the spirit of manipulation Let's operate in the spirit of mutual submission. We all submit to one another. We, we submit to everybody who we are in community with. So here's the deal. I'll, I'll give you quickly the story of Jezebel. She was not a Jew, but she was the daughter of another Canaanite king nearby God's people. So she was a princess, a non-Jewish princess. Then she married a Jewish king named Ahab. And she went to the city that she and Ahab lived, a city that was dedicated to Jehovah God. And she decided that she wanted this city not to worship Jehovah, but to worship Baal. 
And so she began to manipulate behind the scenes, take advantage of her husband's sin and weakness to prop up a false god. And she began to promote the prophets of Baal. She began to promote them and help them succeed. But she began to attack the prophets of God. And she was against Elijah and she was against Obadiah and she was against the other prophets of God. And she worked against the kingdom of God as we call it now and the work of God. Then her husband died and her sons became king, and then she controlled the throne another 10 years through manipulation of her son. And we can see through her in the Bible a lot of characteristics of manipulation, not only around us, but within us. Here's the first one. Manipulators operate from behind the scenes. They hide behind the power. This is what manipulators like to do. They don't want the responsibility of being in charge. They don't want the blame if something goes wrong, but they want to position themselves behind the scenes or in the secondary position or in the shadows to control what's happening. Look at 1 Kings chapter 21, starting with verse 7. Then his wife, this is Ahab, Jezebel said to him, now exercise your royal power over Israel. Get up, eat some food and be happy. For I will give you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name. You see that there, that she is now um, using Ahab's power for her agenda. Sealed them with his seal. She sent them, she sent the letters to the elders and nobles who lived with Naboth in his city. In the letter she wrote, proclaim a fast and seat Naboth at the head of the table. Very specific instructions. Then seat two wicked men opposite him and have them testify against him. And we know that's a clear breaking of the Ten Commandments, false testimony is. Saying you have cursed God and the king and then take him out and stone him to death. The men of his city The elders and nobles who lived in his city did as Jezebel had sent word to them, just as it was written in the letters she had sent them. You see here that Jezebel spirit or manipulation thrives in confusion. When there's not clarity, where there's not a clear vision, when there's not clear procedures, when there's no one willing to take the lead. Now, we understand this, that as we get older, we understand that we can't say yes to everything. I mean, that's another sermon, right? That's just a whole other sermon. You can't say yes to everything. You have to find what God's called you to. You have to find your sweet spot. So inexperienced, like there was one time when I was like on seven boards at one time, I think. I mean, I'm not trying to exaggerate, but I think I could count up seven at one time. And it was just, it felt good to be asked but it was just not a good allocation of my time. Experience has taught me, I'm just on one board at a time right now. One board at a time, that's all I want to deal with. That's just my my experience has taught me that. So that's, that's part of managing things well. So a lot of times we've had 242 groups here where like 12 people are in the group and I can say there are 
12 people who could lead this group, but no, everybody's saying, I ain't leading. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible. I don't want to go to the extra stuff Pastor Jacob plans for us. And um, I, I, don't, I don't want to be responsible. I want to be able to make my decision if I'm going to go to 242 at 435 before the five o'clock meeting. And so hey, whether that's experience Okay, I'd say that's experience or disobeying God, I don't know. But what is not good, so managing your energy is good. And having wisdom is good. But what's not good is when you want to control the culture of the 242 group without being responsible for the 242 group. And so behind the scenes, like you're manipulating and you're undermining the curriculum and you're undermining the schedule and you're whispering suggestions, not for the greater good, but because you want to control something. Now, I just, that was just some low hanging fruit. And because I don't see that happening now, I can use that example. Um, but this is, this is how we don't even realize that we're operating in the spirit of Jezebel or the spirit of manipulation. Here's number two. Manipulation, the spirit of Jezebel, takes advantage of a weak leader. Let's go to chapter 21, verse 25. There was never a man like Ahab. There was no one like Ahab who devoted himself to do what was evil in the Lord's sight. Now, that's a terrible description, isn't it? Like, like no one was quite as bad as Ahab because his wife Jezebel enticed him. So we already know that there were some character flaws in Ahab without Jezebel around, but because he was weak in the Lord. I mean, he was weak in his dedication to Jehovah God. He was weak in his dedication to the laws of the Lord. And that spiritual weakness made him vulnerable to a manipulative spirit. And a Jezebel spirit or a manipulative spirit that operates in both males and females look for a weak leader and they look to manipulate that. Now, I know this, uh, one of our overseers, John McKenzie and I started a church 21 years ago. I was his right-hand man and I started seeing this 21 years ago. We were young men and everybody came to the church plant who couldn't get a position at their church or who were ticked off at their church. And they gave us every, they're like, here's some really nice guys, because we were very nice, very friendly people. And it got to be where everyone was like trying to tell us how to run the church. And Pastor John was a great leader, and he's a nice guy, but he managed that well, and the church uh, is still thriving to this day. So then, you know, I've been part of planning a couple of churches, and for years I was the young pastor. Somehow that changed. I don't know how that changed, but uh, all of a sudden I became, I went from being the young pastor to the seasoned pastor in like one meeting. It just happened just like that. But even now I, I, I can feel it and it's been happening for 25 years of ministry and, and it happened more when I was younger when people tried to control me and to get their agenda across. More than suggestions. How many know suggestions is, are good? Wisdom is good. That's a good thing. Suggestions and wisdom are of the Lord. But when it's consequential suggestions, like you do this or I'm gone. You do what I want or I'm out. That is not collective wisdom. That is manipulation. Now, I want you to apply that. That's my world. Church is my world. I want you to apply that to your business. I want you to apply that to family dynamics. 
we often have, and, and I'm pro-family, I want you to grow in your relationships with your extended family as we go into the holiday seasons. But I'm well aware that family dynamics, there is a lot of manipulation that the Lord wants to reveal so that we don't succumb to it or that our spirits are not damaged by that. So one of the ways that we protect ourselves from manipulation is we grow as men and women of God. And we say that I am a woman who, I'm a man or woman who hears from the Holy Spirit that is counseled by scripture, that's counseled by the community of God. And so I'm aware when potential um, manipulation comes. Number three, the Jezebel spirit of manipulation is determined and vindictive. And so this, this now leads to a larger lifestyle issue. I mean, we can all, I know that we can all, all do things that like can be interpreted as manipulative, but I'm looking at more like a lifestyle of manipulation, like not just isolated incidents. I'm talking about regular behavior patterns. First Kings chapter 18 verses four. Um, we pick up in verse four for the sake of brevity. Obadiah is who they're talking about here. Took a hundred prophets and hid them, 50 men to a cave and provided them with food and water when, look at this, Jezebel slaughtered the Lord's prophets. Guys, this is the evil of manipulation. Manipulation, manipulators will use every tool they can get. They will not stop when you think they're going to stop. A lot of times with manipulators, we think, well, he or she won't go any further. But when they're determined and vindictive, they often go further than you ever imagined. The Jezebel spirit will use every tool in the toolbox to get his or her way. They will go to whatever extreme they need to, and, and it can even be a murderous spirit. Like we're going to, I'm, I'm going to kill this marriage. I'm going to kill this family. I'm going to kill this business. I'm going to kill this church. They may not say that, but they act in such a vindictive way. And that's why the Holy Spirit wants us to be aware of this around us and within, the, within us. Number four, they use intimidation to get their way. Guys, intimidators, there's a real good possibility they're operating in the manipulative um, Jezebel spirit. And one of the problems, uh, the leadership model we're all used to, we all think a good leader is just someone who gets something done. But I know a lot of leaders who get a lot done who are not good leaders, they're not godly leaders, they're manipulators. And, and so if productivity is your only definition of leadership, which a lot of people that is the case, then a lot of manipulators are leading you. But, but leaders inspire the heart. Leaders build the team. Leaders leave a legacy, on and on and on. I've, I study leadership, you do too. That's a whole other message too. But manipulators, they, are, they, they will um, use intimidation to get their way. Uh, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19, starting with verse 1. Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets, the prophets of Baal, that is, with the sword. So Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, may the gods punish me and do so severely if you don't, if I don't make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. So there's a threat. Verse three, then Elijah became afraid and immediately ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba that belonged to Judah, he left his servant 
there. We see that even Elijah, like Elijah, the one who met Jesus on the mountain hundreds of years later, even Elijah was fearful of the intimidation tactics of a Jezebel in his life. And that's one of the things that I want to pray with you about today before, before we leave. That if some of you are bound by fear from another person, the Lord wants to set you free from that. Because we are not to fear man who cannot kill our soul. Our only fear is a healthy fear of God, a healthy fear of God. And so we, we want to speak to that fear and we, and we want to speak to that intimidation and say that we will not be manipulated by that spirit of intimidation. Let me just close with this. So how do you deal with manipulators? And so some of these points have already been made, but they'll be reiterated. Is one strong leadership. So grow your leadership. And that, that starts with time with God. That starts with um, being someone who deeply walks with the Lord. But in addition to that, there's other ways that you grow your leadership. Uh, number two, exposed manipulation. That's one of the things that I really regret that in my life I have enabled manipulation. And, and, and as a young man, I enabled manipulation because I wasn't experienced enough to understand it. Now today, because I'm old and because the Lord has helped me, I hope that when I see manipulation, I'll expose manipulation. There's different strategies for that. But the, the, the biggest one is for you to tell the manipulator, it feels like you're manipulating me right now. Oh, they'll back off. Oh, no, no, no. That's not what I'm trying to do. It, 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 you know, but, but if you say that, you speak to that spirit and it, stir, it, and, and, and it, it cowers down to strength. It cowers down to the authority that we have in the Lord when you speak to that spirit. And then number three, refuse to participate with a manipulator. So I don't care how much you like somebody, grand picture. Uh, how attractive they make you feel because you're hanging out with them. If they are a manipulator, uh, don't participate with them. Don't participate in their lies. Don't participate in, in the things they do uh, to try to manipulate because then you enable that spirit and you enable that and then it brings harm to people and it brings harm to the kingdom of God. Well, guys, I want us now to begin to transition as we as we now, we're going to move to a time to respond to God's word. And I'm so glad that Jesus, who we're here about, he broke the curse of sin. And I want you to hear this, that manipulation is a byproduct of sin or it's a sin itself, however it happens. Manipulation started in the Garden of Eden with Satan, that he manipulated Eve and he manipulated Adam and he, he manipulated our forefathers to, to disobey God and to get out of fellowship with God. And that same kind of manipulation, the accuser of the brethren is still alive today and, and maybe more than ever before as the days grow shorter. And when we step into that, we step into the kingdom of darkness. We step into uh, all of the things that oppose the work of the Lord. Jesus, through what he did on the cross and through his resurrection, broke the curse of manipulation. And I want you to know this, you're stronger than you think you are because you have the Holy Spirit within you. You are not a victim of manipulation. You may not have recognized it. Maybe some light bulbs are going off today. You may not have even 
recognize the manipulation within you, but that's not who you really are. You are someone who is not under the curse of manipulation. You're under the freedom that Jesus purchased on the cross. And that's the freedom that we're stepping into today. Hey, if you're able to, would you stand with me as we begin to prepare uh, to go to the Lord's table? Uh, I want to invite our leaders who are distributing communion to begin to prepare for that. And this is what we're going to do today. Every single person is welcome to take communion, but no one has to. Sometimes Christians have good reasons not to take communion. But you have these packets that you received when you came in today, or you may have received, or at any time you can go give those. Those are self-contained elements, the bread and the cup. But as you can see here at the front, um, three of our pastors are here to distribute communion. And if you want to take communion down at the front, we're going to ask that you come down this middle aisle. Pastor Deborah, you can put your hand out. She'll present the bread to you. If you go to your right, Pastor Chip will give you the smaller cups and you can take those. If you go to your left, Pastor Jacob has the cup for intention, which is taking the bread and dipping it into the cup. And then you can return either to your left or to your right. We have plenty of time. Uh, You may want to pray with uh, your kids. You may not. You may want to pray with someone you love or someone you know. Um, But I know this is that some of you have special needs in your life today. And we're going to be available to pray with you. And so Pastor uh, Josh will be to your left and I'll be to your right. And if you need prayer for anything, and listen, it doesn't mean if you see people coming down for prayer, it doesn't mean, oh, I wonder if they're being manipulated or I wonder if they're manipulated. It doesn't have anything to do with that. You just may need encouragement. You need healing in your body. You need God to do something. He's stirring you right now. You've come to a place where you said like, today is a day I want to do business with the Lord. And and when you, if you do that, we're going to be here to pray with you. Hey, as a prayer of confession, we're all going to uh, pray a prayer that, um, that, that leans on the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that middle part where it says, it talks about Jesus having mercy on me, a sinner. That's preparing our hearts for the table of the Lord. Let's pray this prayer now. Would you join me? Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, set up your kingdom in our midst. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Holy Spirit, breath of the living God, renew me and all of the world.